Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Soledago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about adaptogen herbs in general, and one of my favorite adaptogens, Shizandra. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I have learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Now, without further ado, Let's have some fun and dig in. What are adaptogens? Is the question of the day. Adaptogens are herbs that help us adapt to the stresses of life. They also support our body's normal metabolic processes. Adaptogens increase the body's resistance to physical, biological, emotional, and environmental stressors. So adaptogens Adaptogen is basically a category of herb, and these herbs that are considered adaptogens support our body so that we are more resilient and adaptable, especially in the face of regular stressors that happen in daily living. And then they also promote normal physiological functioning so they can rejuvenate energy, restore health, and enhance vitality. They tend to have a broad spectrum of actions and are generally nonspecific in their actions. So they don't push our bodies in one direction or another. And they don't even necessarily say, you know, well, I specifically have this direct action. It's more of a general supportive action on the body, helping us to be healthy in a large range of foundational needs. They are effective in any amount. They are nutritive food-like herbs, so adaptogens are very safe for consumption especially for elders and children. They are can be taken in any amount, large, small, and they're going to benefit no matter what. Adaptogens have the ability to increase physical performance and endurance. And 
support general full body health. They nourish our endocrine hormones. They tend to modulate our immune system and our immune health. And they allow optimal homeostasis within the body. Now, adaptogen herbs, herbs that are now considered to be adaptogens, have been used throughout human history and for these exact reasons. But it wasn't until the 40s when the actual term adaptogen was coined. And this was by Russian scientists that were basically looking to find herbs that would make them the best, make them the best athletes and performers. And um, I would also assume probably warriors. They found that herbs that generally um, had benefits of fighting stress, preventing and reducing illness, maintaining homeostasis, and strengthening the body were herbs that they coined as adaptogens. And they found most of these herbs to be sourced from uh, Eastern herbal medicine, and then some um, Siberian herbs, and maybe even Scandinavian herbs. But mostly, you'll find that a lot of herbs that are coined to be adaptogens are um, Eastern herbs. In 1947, Dr. Nikolai Lazarev defined adaptogens as an agent that allows the body to counter adverse physical, chemical, or biological stressors by raising nonspecific resistance toward such stress, thus allowing the organism to adapt to the stressful circumstances. And then about 20 years later, in 1968, there were two scientists, um, Israel I. Breckman and Dr. I.V. Dardimov, defined adaptogens as being non-toxic, non-specific in action, yielding resistance to physical, chemical, and biological stressors and normalizing physiology and health in whichever direction is needed. So these are very modulating herbs. They help to, you know, if, if our body is out of whack in, you know, one direction or another, then they can just kind of help us come back to a healthy center, a healthy state of homeostasis by normalizing and modulating our physiology. Three key definition terms equated with adaptogens are, number one, adaptogens are non-toxic. So they are food-like herbs, and they don't have like the really strong secondary um, metabolites or chemicals that are more medicinal. They don't have the alkaloids or terpenes or glycosides or resins, usually. They tend to be very nonspecific in action. So they 
provide the body resilience, the ability to adapt to stressful situations, and to be less affected and be able to bounce back more readily from either stressors or illness or injury or um, extreme exercise. And number three, adaptogens are normalizing in their effects, where they allow the body to maintain homeostasis even in times of stress. And they do this by one, nourishing the neuroendocrine and immune systems, two, nourishing the liver, cardiovascular system, kidneys, and pancreas, and three, by providing antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. And then from each adaptogenic herb, there are specific affinities that vary from plant to plant. Um, So they'll have, obviously they have their own, you know, personalities and body systems that they have a stronger effect with than other body systems. So it's not that they all have the same effect, but within those descriptions, non-tops, non-toxic, non-specific, and normalizing, they also still have their own characteristics from adaptogen to adaptogen. Our bodies are made of trillions of cells working together to keep us alive. And even though cells and the tissues that they form and the organs that they form perform very different functions in our body, all of the cells have very similar metabolic needs. Maintaining an internal environment by providing the cells with what they need to survive is necessary for the well-being of both the individual cells, but then also for our entire body. And those cells need oxygen, nutrients, and waste removal, which is Basically, what we need for our full bodies is we need to breathe oxygen and have it carried around to where it needs to go. We need to eat nutrients so that we may fuel our different body systems. And then we also have to have the ability to remove metabolic waste that we no longer need or that does not serve us. And these are the same thing that each one of our trillions of cells also needs. And the many processes by which the body maintains an internal environment are collectively called homeostasis. And the complementary activity of our major body systems is what maintains that homeostasis. So when all of our body systems are complementing each other and working well together and working well within themselves, then we can achieve our own specific version of optimum health, which is going to be different from person to person. But homeostasis, you can, I like to picture it as this almost looks like double helix spiral that when it's, it's, you can kind of see it in these like wind chimes that are these spiral wind catchers almost where they look like they're moving up and down, but they also look like they're totally still when they're spiraling. And so that is, I think, a really nice representation of homeostasis where it's constant change, 
constant movement, but within a central access. And it it's, you know, stability and equilibrium within a cell or within the body as a whole. It's an important characteristic of living things. Keeping a stable internal environment requires constant adjustments as conditions are always changing inside and outside the cell or all cells. So life and is change, right? We are in exposed to constant change. Nothing is ever still. If we are breathing, we are changing, we are moving. If our blood is flowing, we're eating, we're digesting, we're eliminating. It's a dance. Life is a dance and it's going on within us. And the more graceful and centered and grounded that our dance is, the more homeostasis we achieve and the healthier we can be. So our body, our cells, everything is always making constant adjustments so that they can stay at or near a healthy range of being, of existing in this world of constant change and chaos. (laughs) And we need that change and chaos and that stress to to grow against and to help us be stronger. But we also need to be able to be centered with it. So homeostasis can be thought of as a dynamic equilibrium, a constant moving, but still an equilibrium. Or you could even consider it a dynamic disequilibrium where it's it's not a constant, it's always changing. Again, because balance is an unrealistic state to try to achieve because balance is stasis, it's complete stillness. And if we are alive, we're always moving. So we don't want to achieve stasis because that's not life, but we want to achieve a spiral of health, which is more of a homeostasis, a constantly moving spiral. And adaptogenic herbs just happen to be very helpful in allowing us to achieve this state of homeostasis and to support us and to keep us in a healthier, centered way of being. There are a lot of adaptogen herbs out there. Again, most of the ones that are currently coined to be adaptogens are herbs that are native to the east, to Asia and India. Um, and But I think that that is more just because we haven't really worked to define uh, the North American herbs that could be considered adaptogens other than um, American ginseng, reishi, rhodiola, which I guess when it was being studied, it was more of a Scandinavian and Siberian herb. But rhodiola, I guess, also grows in the northern parts of North America. A great resource um, is of discovering a bunch of the different adaptogen herbs is this book called Adaptogens, Herbs for Strength, Stamina, and Stress Relief by David Winston and Stephen Mames. And they have 
uh, a nice Materia Medica in here with a variety of herbs. The monographs that they have on adaptogens include American ginseng, amla, which is an Indian herb, ashwagandha, which is an Indian herb, Asian ginseng, which is Chinese, astragalus, which is Chinese, cordyceps, codonopsis, eleuthero, gaduchi, hishuwu, holy basil, which is an Indian herb, and the other ones, most of the other ones I named were Chinese, um, Jagulon, licorice, lyceum, reishi, rhodiola, shazandra, shatavari, and shilajit. So those are the ones that they speak about in this book. And, you know, I really do feel that there are some um, common weeds that grow in North America that could be considered adaptogens. And I'd be happy to debate this with, with people if they'd be interested, because I think it is a worthy debate to have. But plants like stinging nettle, uh, red clover, and oat straw could all be considered adaptogenic in action because they are all non-toxic, non-specific in action and quite normalizing to our body by supporting our immune systems and our liver and our cardiovascular health, our kidneys, and they have antioxidant properties and are anti-inflammatory and they build foundational health. They're nutritive herbs. So that's something to consider that, you know, even though we have a set amount of herbs that are defined as adaptogens, I think that there's a lot more room for more herbs to be added to those lists that maybe aren't currently technically have been assigned as adaptogens. However, one herb that is an adaptogen that I really love is schizandra. And we'll talk about that herb in, in a moment. But I also want to um, suggest that if you are really interested in exploring the realm of adaptogenic herbs, and you know you could maybe pick 12 of them and then you could kind of try out one per month and just incorporate that adaptogen into your daily lifestyle it doesn't even have to be every day but it could be at least you know a few times a week and you know these herbs because they are so nutritive they can be taken in a variety of ways teas tinctures um, in large amounts and small amounts, if they are roots, they would be better decocted usually, or berries decocted versus a tea, which basically means simmered. Um, but it's it could be fun to just you know pick and choose and see what vibes with you and see what doesn't. Again, these herbs are modulating, normalizing, and non-specific in action. So they're just going to be helping you be more resilient, have more endurance, have more stamina in your day-to-day -day life. And you can pick and choose and play around with them.
so Shazandra. Shazandra, I, the first thing that drew me to this herb was actually its name. I just love its name, Shazandra. Shazandra chinensis is the botanical name, and it's in the family Magnoliaceae family. A cool thing about Shazandra, um, in Ayurveda, it's known as the five flavored fruit because it's considered to have all five flavors, sour, sweet, bitter, salty, and pungent. And you will notice if you can find the whole dry berries, you can order them easily online um, or check out your local herb shop. But they have, you just put one berry in your mouth and it's just this explosion of flavor. And depending on where you have it on your tongue, kind of varies the taste because, you know, we have different types of taste buds throughout our tongue that taste um, the different tastes. So it's said that the the flavor that you most get when you taste the shizandra, whether it's sour or sweet or bitter or salty or pungent, that that is the taste that you most need in your diet. The energetics of Shazandra are warm and dry, but I would say slightly. It's also thought because it has all of these tastes, it's a pretty well-balanced herb and, and again, could be modulating because it's providing a large range of constituents that our body can kind of pick and choose from as it needs. The part that is used is the fruit or the, which is a berry, a small red berry and the seed that is in that berry, or there might be multiple seeds in the berry. I'm not actually hundred percent sure on that. Actions of Shazandra uh, include, well, obviously adaptogenic, uh, antioxidant, which is in Included in the definition of an adaptogenic, anti-inflammatory, also included in the definition of adaptogenic. Uh, it also has some astringent property to it. That's part of that really sour taste, that puckering flavor that, you know, if you can imagine uh, eating a banana peel like that, it just kind of tightens the cells and the mucous membranes. Body systems that Shazandra benefits, um, they are many because, again, it's an adaptogen, so it's going to be working throughout our body in non-specific ways. It's very uh, supportive of the liver, and it can protect the liver against damage and also helps to repair damage on a cellular level. It supports the nervous system. It's considered a nervine, so just all over tonic for the nervous system. It enhances our reflexes, our work performance, and our mental activity, which you will see that a lot in adaptogens as well as like herbs that really improve our either athletic performance, our mental acuity, our work performance. And this is one of the reasons why the Russians were so into doing scientific studies on these herbs. I saw somewhere actually in this adaptogen book that they have this cool timeline uh, of adaptogens. And I believe it was somewhere in the 60s 
the Russians had um, had documented over a thousand different scientific studies around adaptogenic herbs. So they were really into it, um, which is great. Thank you. Thank you, Russians <laughs> of the past for helping us learn more about these and to form a category that we can kind of put a bunch of these herbs into. Other benefits in the nervous system that Shazandra offers, very calming and can relieve anxiety, um, whether it's like chronic anxiety or if you just have like a underlying anxious feelings. It can help reduce uh, stress, especially palpitations that are induced, heart palpitations that are induced by stress. It can also help to relieve uh, asthma that is induced by stress. So again, it's as an adaptogen, it's helping our body to not overreact in stressful situations. It's also thought to be really helpful for people who have ADD or ADHD in being able to be calmer and more focused. Another body system that Shazandra benefits is the respiratory system. It is considered to be a lung tonic and it treats acute coughing and wheezing. It's an expectorant, so it can help the body to eliminate excess mucus that is in the lungs, help us to kind of cough it up. And it has anti-asthmatic properties as well, both stress-induced, but also by supporting the lungs in general. Shazandra supports the immune system. It's considered an immune tonic. And it helps the prevent the immune response from being depleted in times of stress. Uh, it can be useful as a cold and flu remedy. And because of that astringent nature, it can soothe a sore throat. You might want to add, in this case, if you are using it to soothe a sore throat, you might also want to add a mucilaginous herb to it, something like marshmallow or linden that can also, you know, the astringency can kind of tighten the membranes, but then you also kind of want to soothe and coat them if they're really sore as well. Shazandra is um, very beneficial for our endocrine system. It improves fertility of men and women. It can increase sexual energy and is considered a woman's tonic and a woman's hormone supporter. Um, it can reduce fatigue and relieve insomnia and forgetfulness. So it can really work with the adrenal glands and helping to modulate our adrenaline and cortisol responses and just very calming in general. But, it, I, but it's not a sedating herb. It's not like you're gonna drink uh, Shazandra and feel like you need to go to bed because that would have that would be considered a specific direction of action and adaptogens don't really work like that they more work with the body systems so that they function properly so that when we should be tired we're tired and when we should be awake we are awake Shazandra also benefits our cardiovascular system um, it has an amphoteric effect on our blood pressure which again is this modulating effect. So if our blood pressure is too 
low, it can help raise it to a healthy level, but it's not going to raise it beyond a healthy level. And if our blood pressure is too high, it can help lower it. But again, it's not going to lower it beyond a healthy level because it is normalizing and modulating because it is an adaptogen. Or maybe it's considered an adaptogen because it has this modulating and normalizing effect. It also is a digestive tonic because of that bitter flavor. It can just really support digestive functioning overall and can also help to curb sugar cravings, which bitter herbs tend to do. Um, it also supports our kidney functions, which help is really important for helping us to eliminate metabolic waste that we no longer need, which is, um, again, an important aspect of adaptogens. So very full body support, uh, really fun to ingest because, wow, it really packs a punch of flavor. So there are some fun ways that you can prepare schizandra to ingest. Um, you could make an oxymel, which if you've been listening to my podcast, you may know that I like to make oxymels and I like to say the word too. Uh, oxymel is basically a vinegar and honey herbal infusion. So you, you would take the dried schizandra berries. If you have fresh Shazandra berries, that would be amazing, and you could use those as well. But if you have the dry Shazandra berries, you just want to fill your jar maybe uh, one third to no more than one half full of the dry berries, and then probably two thirds full of vinegar. And I like to use um, apple cider vinegar, and then one third honey, and shake it up and let it sit for probably six weeks at least because they're dried berries so it might take a bit to really extract <clears throat> from them and then you're ready to go and you can add you can take that by the spoonful or you can add it to water or tea or cocktails mocktails whatever have you uh shizandra makes a fun elixir which is basically a a tink a sweetened tincture so I would make my tincture the same way that I made the the infused vinegar honey, where I would take the shizand, dried shizandra berries and just fill a jar no more than halfway full because they're going to absorb the liquid and they're going to grow in size and you don't want them to grow too big because then it's and fill your jar or fill beyond your jar and crack your jar and break it. Um, and you don't want them to f get so big that it's uh, that they absorb all of the moisture and then it's really hard to actually extract the tincture from the berries in the long run. So one third to one half full of the dry berries and then fill the jar all the way full with a hundred proof vodka is what I like to use. Or again, you could do, um, you know, two thirds or three quarters of the vodka and then one quarter of honey for an elixir, which is a sweetened tincture. Shizandra berries make a nice tea. And if you like a light flavored, you can just make a regular tea where you, you know, have a tablespoon of the shizandra berries. You can even kind of pound them up a little bit 
in a with a mortar and pestle before making the tea and just infuse it for 20 minutes in hot water strain it drink it you could also decoct it so you'd be simmering the berries in the hot water for 20 to 40 minutes depending on how strong you'd like it for a stronger beverage and if you make a really strong decoction then you can add some honey to that to make a syrup Um, especially if you're working with it for a cold or flu or for lung support or um, sore throat or anything like that so the honey is going to be really beneficial for all of those things as well you can you know just take it by the spoonful that way keep it in the fridge another really fun thing to do with the shazandra tea or decoction that you make is to fill it in ice cube trays and freeze it and then it's really nice in the summertime because it's it can be such a strong flavor but then if you have water or bubbly water and then you put your shazandra ice cubes in the water or in a fun cocktail or mocktail or whatever then you know as they melt they release their flavor and this like beautiful red color that they offer as well and then you can also buy shazandra berry powder i usually don't work with a lot of herbs and powders but with adaptogens many of them because they're just more nutritive herbs um, they can retain their properties better in powder than other herbs would and you could add shazandra berry powder to a smoothie or to some nut and fruit ball snacks or granola bars or what have you fun thing about shazandra even though it's a chinese native herb um, it does grow in maine and i kind of think a lot of plants if they grow in in Maine then they they'll probably grow in a lot of other places in the country maybe not I don't know if they really like really hot weather I don't know if you'd grow them in Florida or not that's something to look into whatever your zone is but exciting that you can grow them in Maine and they're cool they grow almost like a like a a vining plant so you, ideally you need to have some sort of trellis system for them or an arbor that they can grow up and over and then the fruit hangs almost like grapes hangs down in these like small clumps and they're these little red berries which are quite beautiful so i was just talking to um a nursery plant nursery in maine and he said that the owner said that the shazandra vines uh seedlings or saplings are their most sold nursery stock that they have their most asked for and desired nursery stock so it's really exciting to know that the word is getting out there and that people are wanting to grow the shazandra um, plant it and grow it i believe you need to have at least two plants or more to have to get the berries because it needs some good cross-pollination it could be fun to explore so if you have um, a space for it you could try growing some and until you you know it might take four or five maybe even ten years before you're really getting a good harvest um, from them but until then you can source your own shazandra berries and whether they're dried or if you know someone that's growing them and have some fun with it 
If you're interested in learning more about herbal medicine, making herbal remedies, growing herbs in your garden, foraging medicinal plants, and general seasonal backyard and kitchen herbalism, check out my Patreon membership classroom page. You can find it under Soledago Herb School on the Patreon website, which is patreon.com. And basically every month I offer a class on there that focuses on seasonal herbalism. So whether it's, you know, over the past two months we were working with evergreens and pine and then usnea lichen is, was March. And now that we're moving into spring and the plants are growing, we're going to be talking about wild salads and dandelions and um other spring herbs that are fun to have access to and I will have I have pdf classes and audio classes and then um, in the second tier there's video demonstration classes on making herbal remedies and once it gets nicer outside here in Maine, we'll be doing um, virtual herb walks and posting them to the Patreon account and um, herb garden walks and tutorials. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I'm just getting going with it. I'd love to have you join if you're interested. Membership starts as low as $5 a month. Um, and there's also tiers that involve one-on-one tutorials. Uh, class time with me as well and also on my patreon available to the public i post my podcast notes unedited so what i go off of while i host the podcasts um, i just cut and paste and put them on the patreon with the with a link to listen to the podcast uh, there's also a couple other freebies on there as well and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put um, for the for the second tier members, I'm going to put um, my herbal energy snacks and adaptogen herb class on the Patreon. So that's going to be a demonstration video on making some herbal energy snacks with adaptogen herbs and then a class that focuses on three of my favorite adaptogens, which are astragalus, schizandra, and eleuthero. So that'll be up um, next month and as a, as a bonus gift, if you'd like to join at the $10 a month level. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook and my website, all with the tag Soledago Herb School. Soledago is the genus name for goldenrod, and it means to make whole and or to make strong. And that is what I aim to teach is for how people can become ever more whole with the use of herbs and stronger and healthier with the use of herbs. So thanks for listening. I am grateful for you. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.